podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a post-match pint in association with Purity Ale to talk about Aston Villa 2, Tottenham Hotspur 1. This show, as I say, is in association with Purity. And if you want to get a 10% discount on everything they have to offer, then use the code hashtag Villa View. I'm your host, hungover and tired Dan Bardell, joined by hungover and tired Neil Dunworth. Not not ideal, is it? This We're both, we're both not feeling 100% today. That's an understatement. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not uh, not feeling great today, hungover. But uh, I suppose one of the big things is, you know, Aston Villa winning uh, against Spurs. And uh, albeit that Arsenal went and just did an Arsenal thing today, we still really have a chance of getting into Europe, um, you know, by beating Spurs. Kept the dream alive for another week. Um, have to go to Liverpool and see what comes from that as well. But uh, a very encouraging, really, really encouraging performance, I think, at Villa Park yesterday. And... I'm going to come straight out of the block, Stan, and I'm going to say well done to absolutely every single Aston Villa fan that was in the stadium yesterday, you included. It was absolutely fantastic to hear on TV. It was really loud. It was raucous. The streamers really? looked great. I thought, I thought, I thought it sounded brilliant on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. And um, you know, even Douglas Louise came out afterwards and said about the uh, about the atmosphere there as well. So um, it's something we're going to need in the final day of the season. As, as well against Brighton, uh, if it does come down to that. So really, really, really great to hear and, uh, you know, fitting way to, um, I suppose, to roar the guys on uh, onto a victory against Spurs yesterday. I've got to admit, it didn't feel that loud yesterday. Like, for example, the Newcastle game felt a far, far grander atmosphere and a, and, and a louder, more mm. vociferous halt end, certainly. But it's still a good atmosphere. But it's interesting that it comes across to you watching watching in Ireland on, on, on TV as if it, it was really, really good. Look, the, the atmosphere at home over the last few months has, has been really, really strong overall, hasn't it? Because Villa have been uh, Villa have been doing very, very well. So I was distracted by an idiot in the comments called called Chris Dolan, who once took my bank card and ordered me a blue WKD at Reading away. And I was absolutely seething with him for, for, for doing that. So he brings it up, brings up blue WKDs every, every now and again. It's a good win though, like yesterday, Neil, because we need we needed to win, didn't we? It was it was a must win game for Villa, and it was a bit tetchy t- towards the end after the, the the penalty, which we'll come on to. But the mm. important thing is Aston Villa won the game. Yeah, that is the most important thing. But also the important thing was Aston Villa won the game and looked every inch the aggressor throughout the whole course of the whole game. Looked every inch the team who had the game plan. Um, you know, everybody's seen that statistic at halftime now. Um, whereby Spurs had, you know, 0.00 xG. I know, I know, I know. XG is not the statistic that everybody thinks it is, but it's it's a valuable statistic in some ways. Um, but it was, you know, we completely dominated them. Um, in that first half, and uh, goal by Jacob Ramsey. You know, and 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 we'll talk about it in a moment. You know, we we well deserved to be to have that lead. And realistically speaking, we should have been two, three up at halftime. I thought we were really, really good first half. Mm. Um, John McGinn pulled the strings. First 15, 20 minutes, we saw it differently on Bailey uh, in an Aston Villa shirt than we have over the last couple of months, albeit he didn't have the longevity or, the, or he wasn't able to keep it going into the second half as well. But, um, you know, there was encouraging signs there from the way that it was set up. And 
Uh, you know, Unai Emery got it absolutely bang on and spot on against Spurs, and, and we have to applaud that because we're going to need, as you said, the cup final thing has been thrown out an awful lot now. If we are to get get into Europe, we're going to need something out of this Liverpool game, and we're certainly going to need something out of the last game of the season. So it will have to be a horses for courses um, selection policy and and tactical policy from uh, Unai Emery. And if he keeps on getting it right like he did yesterday, well, then we will be absolutely delighted. And the massive thing, I guess, is we'd lost two in a row. We'd not scored to, for two games running as well. So it was important to get those kind of monkeys off our off off our backs. I, I thought because you know we ended up losing three in a row earlier on in Unai Emery's to tenure. When, when you have lost a couple of games, you you absolutely have to make sure it doesn't become a bad run. So now those, those two defeats, that they're more isolated rather than the fact that you, you've gone on that bad run and now that would have been three games without a win and then you start to worry, start to panic if, if, you're, gonna, if you're ever going to win again. But it was important to get off to a fast start as well. And, you know, if you, anyone who's watched Spurs all season actually away from home and in general, that the last month away from home, they're open early for, for some reason. They just mm. do not start games very well. And again, that, that was the case. They didn't start the game very well. And Leon Bailey, who, who you've touched on, made the goal, pulled it back on his right foot for Jacob Ramsey to, to tuck home, just, just past Buendir, actually, and the and, and the Spurs defender. But for, on Leon Bailey, you know, the last time he played to start a game at Villa Park at home was Bournemouth at home. He mm. got an assist in that game as well. So although... He's not the most pleasing on, on the eye player to watch. He does frustrate Villa fans. In his defence, the last two home games he's played now, Leon Bailey, he's got an assist for Douglas Louise and an assist now for, for Jacob Ramsey as well. Yeah, and look, when, when we're pulling from such a, a depleted stockpile, I suppose, of players, it's great to have everybody fit and healthy. Barrett Coutinho, who was injured in training, um, it was good to have more or less a full deck to be able to pull cards from. But it is interesting that when we do have a full deck to pull cards from, Unai Emery goes back to Leon Bailey more often than not. Um, so it, it, it is interesting. As you say there, yeah, it's just, there's going to be uh, contentious um, viewpoints on, on, on Leon Bailey, and rightly so as well, because he's inconsistent. And and while uh, he he has had a couple of a couple of assists, as you mentioned, you know, if he keep he, it's kind of like in the year that we stood we stayed up. A lot of people were kind of wondering, mm, was Trezeguet a guy? Was Gazi the guy? They weren't able, to, weren't sure really who was that guy who should be playing. They were obviously, it was a case of we take one off to bring on the other and that was our substitution. But when the when the chips were down and we got into that clutch moment, Trezeguet comes up at the back post and made himself an icon um, for, for Aston Villa Football Club. And you just kind of, while, while you know, you're not kind of expecting anything like that from Leon Bailey. If he gets an assist against Liverpool and we win 1-0, and he gets an assist against Brighton and wins 1-0, that's his job done. And, I'll forgive him for the previous 30, whatever, 35 games um, or, or whatever ones that he, he was inconsistent for because we're really just looking for moments of magic. And when we were doing our team sheet tantrum then, I, I, I mentioned and I said that it was a case where we needed somebody to puff out their chest and kind of take the game by the scruff of the neck. And while Leon Bailey didn't do that, we mentioned it previously, John McGinn did. And, you know, we'd be hoping that the next day that we have it, a secondary person comes up and we've got two people who are really puffing out their chest and, and, and really believing that Villa can get into Europe, you know, because that's where it's all going to stem from. It's going to stem from the belief and the play and, and not playing scared, I suppose, and, uh, on the field. So um, fair play to Leon Bailey, you know, getting that assist yesterday. I hope he has the two best games of his life uh, in the next two games coming up against uh, against Liverpool and against um, against Brighton. And uh, we'll see where, where, where we go after that. I mean, he'll play again. 
next week against, yeah. against Liverpool and the way Liverpool play and the, the way that their line is and they leave gaps. I think probably he's the right choice for, for next week. Like you say, usually when he's fit, he's he's in the team. Also, usually when he's when he's fit, he's getting subbed off as well. Stasso has posted in the chat that Leon Bailey is now the second most subbed off player in Premier League history for Aston Villa. I've absolutely no clue who the first would be. Oh, I he'll, let, he'll let us know. It must be... Algarzi or Trezeguet, you know, it must be Algarzi, Trezeguet, Traore. It must be someone recent. I, re- I reckon. I bet you it's Traore. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Algarza. And now we just wait until he puts it into the chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in in the chat, there's ton, tons of love for, for John McGinn and Villa's better half yes. was was the first half, and John McGinn was a massive part of that. Yet yet again, in, in the middle of the park this week, I love that he's a. Uh, like he's changing roles. He's he's middle of the park. Then the subs come on and he moves to the right hand side. And then at the, at the end of the game, he's ended so many games up alongside alongside the striker in, in in recent times. He just keeps moving positions, but everywhere he goes, he's having a heavy influence on on the team. And it is great to see because earlier on in the season, he wasn't having an impact on the team. Not not his own doing. The why Villa was set up was just set up to not get the best out of John McGinn at all to not let him do. The things he was good, he's good at. It never makes sense. But I think John McGinn is the first name on the team sheet for for Villa now. I would say I I can't think of anyone. Maybe Louise, maybe is one of the first ones. But I genuinely think in Unai Emery's mind, the way he, I think Unai Emery's worked with him and and made McGinn's game so so good. I think John McGinn is Unai Emery's number one pick. Um, he's the captain's armband for a reason. No, and uh, he's a leader now, isn't he? He's a leader. He wasn't exactly that at the it. start of the season. He was in his shell again, not through his own through his own fault, but he was very much in his in his shell. Now he's a a proper leader, and he's the heartbeat yeah. of the team. And it didn't suit him. You're right. There. The captain's armband didn't suit him. He had to, you know, I. It wasn't an easy way to get it. You know, there no. did seem that there was a kind of a situation whereby you know it was contentious at the time. It was done. To, to kind of poke a bit, like he was given the armband to kind of poke Mings into action. And, and, and you know, you kind of want to get the armband on merit, but he's kept the armband. He looks, he looks every, every inch of captain now uh, having that armband. And if he keeps performing like he did yesterday, like you're seeing all the memes and um, all over Twitter today, two and a half million pounds was all he cost. Two and a half million pounds. Pound for pound, he is going to go being Villa's. Uh, of, of the modern era, of the Premier League era, he's going to go down as one of his best ever signings. From from just from that that monetary point of view, specifically if we get into Europe, if he's the man who captains us going into Europe, if he's the man who captains us, uh, and, and we uh, we stay within, let's say, the top six, top seven of the league, and have another run like we did under under Martin O'Neill of consistency up at, at the upper echelons of the league as well, you know. That's a massive success for this club, and it's a huge success for John McGinn as well. And he's been he's been hugely part of it. So um, we can we can all talk about and, and joke and jest about you know his uh, his famous bum swivels and stuff like that, where he just he cocks it out there and 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 people fall over. And Harry Kane uh, fell victim of it yesterday as well. Uh, but not he's not, a player. Not like Harry Kane to fall over? No, no, absolutely not. No, the bastion of stability that is Harry Kane. But uh, but but he's a player as well. He can play football. Um, you know, you have to go, you go back to that that volleyed goal that he scored in the championship. Um, he's he's a decent passing range as well. But he is, as, as somebody mentioned there as well, he is the heartbeat of this team. But his endeavour, his industry, and his ability to just cover so so much ground as well. Um, 
And so yeah, well done, John McGinn yesterday. Really stood up to the plate, and that arm man really suited you yesterday. I think the biggest thing, my biggest takeaway, is every week when I come away from the game and I'm looking for a man of the match, he's usually in there. He's usually my first thought. Yesterday, I think he was the, he was the standout player again for, for, mm. for Villa. And again, at the start of the season, he just he wasn't involved in games. He was on the, he was on the pitch, but he was a shadow of his former former self, and just wasn't on the ball. wasn't doing any of the things that we're watching him be so good at now. And you know, credit to Unai Emery because he came in and he he identified. People would have a few some people would have said McGinn's probably fin- finished at Villa. He's not he's not going to be good enough to go where we want to go. He is more than good enough to to go where Villa needs to go. And he's playing his best football. Someone that someone else said it's his best game in a Villa shirt. Uh, Graham Horrigan. A bit like Horahan, that, but he's um McGinn is playing the best football of his of his Villa career now, and considering how good he was in that season in the in the Championship, to, to say that's no mean feat. He is the beating heart of the team. He is the leader of, of of the team now, and he was just everything in that midfield yesterday that Spurs' midfield wasn't. You know anything you say mm-hmm. McGinn was good at. You know Spurs' midfield was passive wasn't really involved in the game. It was it was safety first. It didn't want to get on the ball. You know, McGinn is the complete opposite of all that. And and long may it continue. I mean, they said, they said this on Match of the Day. I think Unai Emery would have been happy with the first half performance, but we could have put the game to bed in the first half and, and, mm-hmm. and we didn't really. But, and you know, with Spurs, they've got some dangerous players and we did, did nearly get caught. Obviously, Son had, Son, sorry, had that attack that ended up being, being offside. I think Martinez did well to, to stand up and, and force mm. on wide in that attack, but it wouldn't it wouldn't have counted anyway. But then the high the high line came into discussion, and then yesterday there was a load of stats flying around about since Unai Emery's come in, Villa have caught the most the most players ninety two or something yeah. by low. It's, it's a healthy margin, but between yeah. second as as well between between second play. So it's just another feather in Unai Emery's cap. And I think Ashley Young was talking about that the work that that goes into it and. They work on it every every week. You know, it's an it's an underrated facet of Villa's game. It's been highlighted now, but I've noticed it a, f- a, f- a few times. You know, that the Zaha goal against against Crystal against Crystal mm. Palace game that, that got disallowed. You know, goals have been disallowed for offside, and you, sometimes you'll sit there and think, "Oh, a bit bit lucky there." But it turns out actually it's it's really measured. And you look at some of the footage of the the line that the players are playing and how high and how brave it is. But they're doing it really, really well. And again, it just comes down to how well coached this side is. Again, everything they weren't at the start at the start of the season. You, the players that must have had to have taken so much on board since Unai Emery's come in. Really, pretty much everything that's been thrown at them that, that they've dealt with. And like I say, it's, it's great to see just another thing that we're really good at. And it turns out it's the, the old Arsenal offside track. Yeah, and... It's been a contentious discussion point over the course of the day today. I think a lot of people rightly coming out and asking what was the like the analysis and match of the day was very pointed. It was very sharp. It was almost mm-hmm. negative towards it, which was and I think there is a very much a question to ask like why was it like that? Why what what was the thought process uh, behind not praising something like this? Um, you know, it was highlighted recently as well around the turn of the year that. Um, uh, the, the way Brighton build up their play, you know, the way that they, uh, they put their foot in the ball at centre half position and, and and everything, you know, runs from that. Um, and and it, it's a tactic. The reason I'm saying it is, it's a tactic, and they do it really well with their build up play. We saw it today. Their build up play today was fantastic as well against Arsenal. But Villa's offside trap is a tactic too, and we're playing it brilliantly. It's like 
it's it, it, it's reminiscent of um of of a Juventus defense from maybe about ten years ago. You know, um, they're all uni- working in unison. We're not getting, we're not allowing people in behind us, and when we do, they are offside. So there's a lot of credit deserved there. There's a lot of credit deserved. I think a lot of people that don't follow Villa too closely speak an awful lot about Villa and a lot of absolutism and a lot of um, a lot of certainty when when they don't follow Villa very very closely. I think they look at the team sheet and they see Tyrone Mings there, and they go, "No, oh, Tyrone Mings has a rick in him." Um, hasn't really been that hasn't been the case since Unai Emery has been here. Uh, in the main. And uh, Una Emery has gotten both himself and Kanza into a really, really strong partnership as well. So um, fair play to him. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely worth highlighting. The funny thing about it is when teams know about it, there still isn't really much of a way that you can, you can counteract it. Because if we keep playing it and we keep doing it um, to the best of our abilities, then we will keep catching teams offside. And it's, that, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a strength of it. Excuse me. It's a strength to this defense's bow, and uh, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that we it that I I don't eat my words and that ram down my throat when Mo, when Mo Salah is running in behind yeah. uh, the defense uh, next, week. next week. But, uh, yeah, big test exactly. Yeah, I mean the second goal. Spurs made a few changes. Kulusevski came, and I thought he looked quite bright actually. Yeah, I know he's not been having a good time recently. The fans have been criticizing, but I thought he looked quite bright when he came on. For, for Spurs yesterday, but Villa do get the second goal. Oddly, on a day when I thought Luizzi's set piece delivery wasn't brilliant, he, he was corners weren't. I don't know. It felt tactical that we kept going near post, but whatever mm. we were trying, it just it just wasn't working from from, from corners. We, we barely had a good delivery in all day from the corners. It, very similar position to the free kick that Luca, Luca Dean scored against against Manchester United, albeit the players obviously not not left footed. He, he he's right footed, but what I noticed before, and it, you know other people would have noticed as well. It's probably been talked about since. Ashley Young's lining up of the Villa wall mm. played a massive part in that goal because it just it just completely blocked Forster's angle and it just, it just meant that he was he was unable to see the ball at the right time to, to get across. It, it doesn't look like it's a great free kick because it's not high, it's, it's not it's kind of in, in the middle. Forster gets a, gets a big hand to it, but because of the way we lined up the wall, if Louise hits the target like like he did, it left a lot for Forster to have to do to get across, and he he didn't manage to do it. But it's just. That was something that w- would have been work- worked on, but Ashley Young's lining mm. up of that war—that that, that's an assist from Ashley Young, in in my opinion. I think that goal. it was great. Also, I don't know, and I, I must watch it back again in real time when I was watching it. It felt as well like, um, and, P- and Paddy actually disagreed with me. He felt that the wall was actually closer than ten yards. Uh, but I thought what it was I miles away. That's what I said. I, I thought, thought it was miles away because. What, what happened was the way the Villa La Wall was lined up when the ref, and I'm open to correction on this, I'm not 100% certain about it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, the ref draws the line at the back heels of the Aston Villa wall. And then the Spurs wall then that's behind it is about a half a foot to a foot behind where those where the, where the Villa players are. So it's like, I wonder, is there a design behind that, that if the Villa wall gets set up at that 10-yard mark where the referee draws it, then the Spurs wall has to get, get set up a small bit further back. The Villa guys, the guys in the Villa wall weren't exactly giants, you know. But what when you push back the wall, maybe by a half a foot or that or that much, gives players more of an opportunity to get it up and down over the wall. I wonder is there something in that? I I don't know, as I say, and I, and I will have to have to watch it back. But just something in my mind's eye reminds me that uh, when the referee got out to shaving foam, it was at the back heels of the. Villa wall that he drew it and then the Spurs wall then was behind them as well so uh, an interesting one let me know in the comments if I've just completely pulled that out of the back of my uh, back of my trousers now or why, where, whether that was actually the case I mean I thought it was far back and the last time I felt like that 
was the the Manchester United Dean. game when Luca Dean scored the scored the free kick. So that's the second time I've had that feeling this season. It's the second time we've scored from a free kick. So hopefully I'll have that that feeling again in in the Brighton game. Spurs came into the game. Look, they're in torrid time in general at the moment, especially away from home. But they did come back back into the game and try try to make life difficult for Villa. And of course, the game finished with a contentious penalty decision. I don't think it's a penalty. I think if the ref hasn't given it as well, I don't think you can turn around and say that's a clear and obvious error because the ref's seen Kane go down. So it kind of, I just don't believe that that can be classed as a as a clear and obvious error. But Kane's initiated the contact, in in, in my opinion. I just, just, just don't think it's a penalty. So I'm surprised. I'm surprised that VAR said to the ref to go and have a look at the screen. And I'm surprised when the ref's gone back and looked at it, even though they always do, I'm surprised that he's felt the need to, to give the penalty because... It's not a, it's not a dive. Well, no, it is. It is a dive, isn't it? I just don't think there was the that Martinez is. Martinez hasn't got the ball. Is the problem? But Kane has mm. very much gone looking for, for 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 that contact. He has initiated the contact for that penalty. So I just, I don't think it's a penalty. But you, you might have a different opinion. Look, I can see why it was given for certain. I'm more aggrieved at the point that. Uh, I just don't understand why they didn't draw the lines. Like I, I'm, I'm not saying he was definitely offside, but I can say, I, but I can't say for certain he was 100% onside in the build-up to the goal either. I'm, I'm coming from coming at it from a different angle. I wanted, I just want to know was he onside, and the reason I want to know that is because we've seen these crazy offside decisions whereby somebody's armpit hair has been been offside, and then we didn't see it yesterday, and we didn't get any glimpse of it, and apparently he went over looking at looking at, at that as well. But I don't know. Um, it's it's one of those ones that you it know it's tight. Well, it did it did look tight, yeah. But I, I I can't say for sure if he was offside, but I can't say for sure for sure if he was onside. And we've seen those those hairy decisions given in the past, and that uh, yeah, that that for me, I I don't want to labour too much. I I kind of as 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 I was consuming alcohol last night, I kind of I kind of kept on talking about it on Twitter as well, and and uh, it's. You know, it's it's one of these ones. The only reason that I get I got so built up about it yesterday was we would have been level on goal difference with Spurs. Yeah, it's important, um, isn't it? And now we're not. Now there's a two goal swing again, which could be the difference at the end of the season. Mm. And, and that's just an annoyance for me. I'd like to know if it was onside. I'd also like I, I can see why he's given the penalty for the contact, but you know, Kane drops the knees on him as he's coming through there. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's. Uh, I'd be screaming for it if it was at the other end, but I'm still disappointed it was given. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I just he's he's he's, he's, he's looking for it. Obviously, that, that a lot of players are looking for penalties in that kind of situation. But I, I just think he's initiated the contact, and I think the ref saw clearly saw it. Didn't give a penalty. Decided. It, I think the ref gave a corner, didn't he? So I think the ref must have thought that Martinez had yeah. had got something on the ball. And I suppose when he goes back and and looks it on the screen, Martinez didn't get anything on the ball. But you still got to, got to look at it and say, Martinez is making a genuine attempt to go for the ball. He's he's not got it. He's not wiped out Harry Kane. Harry Kane has gone into Martinez and gone down. Mm. And it's given as a penalty, but you know we've done this dance before. There was a debatable penalty a few years ago. Involving Harry Kane and, and Matty Cash at Villa, Villa Park wasn't wasn't there? It's just just the way it goes. Luckily, it didn't cost mm-hmm. us. But but like you say, you know, if European football comes down to goal difference, that's going to be very 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 tough to take and very upsetting for for Villa. Mm-hmm. 
Right then, Neil, as we both hung over, I'm going to call it, call it a night. I'm sure I'm also, my, I don't know whether it's just my end, but it's very in and out. So I want to quit whilst we're ahead and we've actually managed to, to get it out. But thanks to everyone who's who's joined us live this evening. Apologies for both, both of us being very tired and, and hung over. But you'll forgive us because Villa won and sometimes it's it's nice to celebrate these things. We'll be back with 1874 with Greg either tomorrow or Tuesday. We will let you know when that show is coming up. But if you do want to know when it is and know for sure, subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on. There's 375 of you here at the moment, so I'm going to set a likes target of 250 Please, let's get to 250 likes. If you have watched this video and you've enjoyed it and you want Villa to get Europe, then give the video a like. Like I say, I'll be back with Greg in the next couple of days. Have a good rest of your Sunday and, as ever, up the Villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.